Hello and welcome to the Amateur Austenite. My name is Frances Duncan. I am an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. However, I am underqualified for my job as I am and have always been an enthusiastic amateur. Today we're going to be discussing chapter 26 of Pride and Prejudice and we have two special guests today. My sister Paula. Hi. Who you heard from last week and my mother Brenda who is playing piano in the background for us. Hopefully you can hear us. So in chapter 26, Mrs. Gardner cautions Elizabeth, Mr. Collins returns to Lucas Lodge and marries Charlotte who then invites Elizabeth to Huntsford. Jane goes to town and visits Miss Bingley and sends letters to Lizzie. So an awful lot happens in this chapter. Yeah, lots of things happen and lots of it is narrated via letters as well. So uh, it's an interesting chapter in that sense. So we have several several letters that are mentioned and three that we specifically quote from. We have direct quotes from letters, two of Jane's letters to Lizzie and one from Lizzie to Mrs. Gardner. And I'm wondering if these are remains from the early drafts of Pride and Prejudice, which... Uh, legend tells us we don't actually have any proof of that that it was written in letters I'm so glad that that is just legend because I think I would have found it quite frustrating if it was all written in letters so you haven't read Lady Susan uh, I feel like I have I know I've seen the film but I feel like I've read letter, the, the book as well it's just one of those things that you know you you always have your preferences I just don't like books that are written all in letter form I found Lady Susan really really hard um, I actually had to listen to it on a YouTube someone had read it and that made it much easier particularly because the first two letters are both from Lady Susan but they're in really different voices uh, yeah. so it's hard to figure out who she is yes that becomes difficult I used to teach a book that was uh, I'm an English teacher I used to teach a book to juniors um, that was all in letters written by uh, John Marston who's the author of Tomorrow When the War Began and I didn't actually like it and I and I've learned I mean this was years ago I think I've learned over the time over time that when you teach something it's better to teach something that you enjoy and actually that links back to one of my thoughts about this chapter is that I, I get the feeling that Jane Austen enjoyed writing about Lizzie because when you read all the all this stuff about Lizzie it makes you feel like as a reader we're supposed to really like her like her comments to her aunt when she says ah yeah okay I'll try my best at doing that and how she's <laughs> just she's so very sensible but also very clever and very funny I kind of get this idea that we're supposed to really like her um, and, you know, she does make mistakes. She's not a flawless character because, you know, she's the protagonist, so she really needs to be interesting. But I think at the same time, her flaws aren't, I don't know, the end of the world like Lydia. Lydia's flaws are... are they just, aren't offensive flaws. Yeah. Or, or like Mr. Collins or Mrs. Bennett. Her flaws are ones that perhaps uh, we can understand and they're sort of written about in a way that make us feel for her and completely understand why she does or says the things that she does and says. So I think, you know, we're obviously supposed to like her, but I just kind of get this feeling that Jane Austen enjoyed writing her. Yeah. Yeah. 
She's one of the characters that people often say they think that Elizabeth Bennet is the closest to Jane Austen's actual character. Yeah, well, she did similar things in her life to what um, Jane Austen did um, as well. So, yeah, I can see where that comes from. And they're both intelligent women, obviously. So we were discussing this morning um, Mrs. Gardner's conversation with Elizabeth. Um, and Elizabeth says, I will take care of myself and Mr. Wickham too. He should not be in love with me when I can prevent it. And you laughed. Yeah, because I was reading it out loud um, and I, I had a bit of a, a giggle at that. She's, yeah, she's so... I can't think of the word. She's funny. Yeah, okay, yeah, she's funny. But also... She's just clever in her wit. Yeah. I guess wit is the word for it rather than just humour or funny. Um, she, yeah. She's witty. She's witty. She's witty. And she says, At present I am not in love with Mr Wickham, but he's still the most agreeable man I ever saw. Which is the same sort of thing that Jane, that's how she refers to Mr Bingley, as the most agreeable man of her acquaintance. Yes, but of course she's trying to downplay how she feels about Mr. Bigley. She is. Poor Jane. I know. So we feel for Jane a lot in this chapter. Yes, terribly. And you feel for her particularly because she is so nice about everybody and she's always trying to give excuses or pardon their behaviour. And you can read that in her letter that she's saying, you know, Maybe she's doing it because of this reason. And if she's doing it because of that reason, I completely understand because she loves her brother. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And of course, in her letter, she also says that she makes up an excuse every day as to why Miss Bingley hasn't come to visit her. And you can imagine her, you know, brushing her hair before bed or something, thinking up another reason why Miss Bingley hasn't come to visit. Because she is so lovely and caring. A little bit unbelievable, She's too nice. She's too nice. But then I guess there are people like that in the world, so we wouldn't know we're not them. (laughs) And it says all expectation from the brother was now absolutely over and I feel so sad for Jane reading that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um and and at this point of course, if it's the first time you've ever read it, you are thinking, Well, it's all over for her and you're thinking, um, you know, poor Elizabeth is also without a man and there's no hope for this family because, of course, um, all, all Mrs. Bennett wants is for her daughters to be married to somebody with money. And it's not happening. No. Jane is almost 23 and she's still not married. And um, Elizabeth is, you know, having these witty conversations with a man who has no money, who has no prospects. And she keeps reminding her mother to invite him to the house. Yeah. <laughs> so it is obvious that she does like him a bit, but it seems like she is able to control herself. Um, and she's unlike Lydia. She doesn't fall into these big passions. She's able to control herself. So one of the things that she had a bit of a passion about was Collins getting married to Charlotte. (laughs) Yeah, you can tell that she's lost respect for Charlotte. Yeah. 
that says that their their correspondence is as regular and frequent as it had ever been that it should be equally unreserved was impossible and she was determined not to slacken as as a correspondent but it was for the sake of what had been rather than what was so she wants to maintain her old relationship with charlotte as much as she can but they can't be as unreserved as they were because i think she almost doesn't trust charlotte anymore yeah yeah, I, I like it. Um, Elizabeth could never address her without feeling that all the comfort of intimacy was over. Um, just that idea that it, it gives you an idea of how close they were before. Um, but yeah, it's sad. It's like their friendship has ended and she doesn't trust her anymore because she doesn't trust her judgment and doesn't feel like they are similar in the same way. But I do wonder why this has never come up in conversation with them before you'd think that the fact that they have such different ideas about marriage would have come up in conversation before you'd think so if they're really close friends but then there must not be very many eligible men in their neighborhood yeah so maybe they were talking about slightly different topics i was going to say more intelligent topics um but perhaps yeah because elizabeth is so intelligent perhaps they did talk about other things rather than just men um unlike lydia who just wants to talk about officers all the time yeah and mrs bennett who just wants to talk about getting married all the time and you see um when elizabeth goes to uh see jane when she's uh, unwell she's sitting and reading when Miss Bingley says come and walk around with me so she was obviously a person who did read um, and so you know maybe that is where she and Charlotte connected before because they're both quite intellectual women yeah Charlotte's just a little more practical yeah that's probably the word for it yeah yeah practical and this ties in really well with the end of the chapter because um we find out that mr wickham's partiality has subsided and he's the admirer of someone else and elizabeth is less clear-sighted perhaps in this case than charlotte's she doesn't quarrel with him for his wish of independence um because she's open to the conviction that handsome young men must have something to live on as well as the plane yeah, I love that. I think that's, that's a very clever way of putting it. Um, and again, the the comparison between the sisters is used to highlight what was happening in society and highlight how sensible Lizzie was with the line, Kitty and Lydia take this defection much more to heart than I do, which is a very clear way of um, showing that division within the family, uh, the different ways of viewing the world. But we get to see that Lydia, sorry, Elizabeth is still a little bit vain. She said her vanity was satisfied with believing that she would have been his only choice had fortune permitted it. Yeah, that's a lovely line actually, because that's one of her her flaws um, that, that we're supposed to sort of find. It makes her more human. Yeah, just a wee human frailty. That is our summary of chapter 26 of Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. Thank you for listening. My name is Frances Duncan. You can find me at francisduncanwrites.com and on Twitter at Francis underscore Duncan. Thank you for listening and I wish you happy reading.
Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice Heavily Pride-focused merch too. It's on Redbubble and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!